within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend our reach to the stars above. Jesse! James! Team Rocket, blast off at the speed of light! Surrender now or prepare to fight! Me! Oh, that's right! Greetings, programs, and welcome to another episode of Thanos Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host this evening. And joining me tonight are two of my fellow Pokemon Masters. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up? This is the super dubulous Derek WC. Hey, it's Mike, and Zapdos is a dick. <laughs> Zapdos has a horrible, horrible, blood-curdling scream. <laughs> like, every time I hear Zapdos on my, my surround sound, I'm like, what did they do to you, Zapdos? What did they <laughs> do? As you can tell on this episode of Big in Japan, we will be discussing Pokemon the Movie 2000, a.k.a. Pocket Monsters the Movie, Revelation Lugia, a.k.a. Gekijoban, Pakito Monster, Morabashi no Pokemon Rugi, Bakutan! God bless you. <laughs> and this movie was released in Japan on July 17th, 1999, and July 21st of 2000 in the U.S. It currently has a Rotten Tomatoes score of, who cares? Rotten Tomatoes is Fuck garbage. You rotten fucking tomatoes. <laughs> And I'm just going to go ahead and dive into the synopsis. And taking a page from Derek's book, I stole it. Dun, dun, dun. Did, did you, do you collect synopsises? Do you have a giant like <laughs> fortress and you collect synopsises? Synopsi? Well, one day me and Derek got in this big fight and I destroyed his collection of synopsises. <laughs> and, then it, and then he was like, I'll start over. <laughs> It's cool. I'll just go back onto the wiki page and begin anew. Derek is like, I have learned nothing! <laughs> he found like a synopsis for like, you know, episode one of Gundam, and he was like, this is how it all began. <laughs> but anyway, Pokemon the movie 2000. Ash's adventure begins when a powerful storm beaches him and his friends on Shamudi Island, just as the islanders are preparing to cast the hero role in their annual festival. They offer it to Ash. It sounds like fun, so he accepts. The festival enacts an ancient legend where three great and powerful Pokemon birds, Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno, who maintain nature's balance on the earth by ruling the elements of fire, lightning, and ice. 
Meanwhile, a collector named Lawrence III attempts to steal the three Pokemon in an attempt to awaken Lugia, which proves dangerous for the legendary Pokemon, Lugia, Ash, and the entire planet. So I guess my first question for you guys is, did any of you actually watch this in the theater? I've been struggling with that question because I'm not sure. I feel like, because I wasn't sure if I'd seen this or not at first, because we were talking about this the other night, and I was like, have I seen this? Have I seen Pokemon 2000? And so, like, as I was watching the first couple minutes with Benedict Cumberbunch or whatever, I wasn't sure, because I was like, I don't remember Benedict Cumberbunch, you know, and he's, like, sitting there trying to collect, you know, the, the rear Pokemon and stuff. And then the minute it cut to that, like, pan of Pikachu, like, at the forefront of the boat, and then all the the Pokemon, the water Pokemon that are, like, you know, traveling alongside it and everything, and then I saw... You mean you, you mean when uh, Pikachu's Pika sense was tangling? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and like, I, I just, like, I, all of a sudden it all clicked, and I was like, oh, I totally have seen this. I totally remember this. Like, this is all, you know, during the Orange Islands era and stuff, and I was like, dude, there's, you know... I'm like, I'm like, there's Tracy Sketchit, the Brent to Brock's Taylor. You know, like, I'm like, there he is. Like, I remember this shit. I'm like, who are you and what the fuck are you done with Brock? You know, so like all that stuff came flooding back to me. So for sure, I've seen this. I don't know if I'm burying Mike's lead or not, but like, I, I think I either saw this in the theater because it's right around the right time frame for that. Because like in 2000, I was like trying to look at movies and stuff and I'm like, you know, I, I, I remember seeing Godzilla 2000, and I remember seeing Digimon the movie, so odds are I would have gone to the theater to see this, but I'm not 100% sure, so I may very well have seen this as a rental, like, like uh, after the fact, you know, so I'm not... I'm not 100% sure either way, I just... I don't have any distinct memories of going to watch this. Like, if I did watch this in the theaters, it was probably, like... I don't know how to explain this, but it's like I I I remember going to see movies more and more on the the south side of town when I was living in LA. If that makes any sense, like like it it was just kind of like instead of going to like theaters in Westwood and North Hollywood and and you know even like Playa del Rey and places like that, I would end up going to like other. I'm trying to remember now, but it's like other other theaters, like you know, further south down Sepulveda Boulevard and stuff. So you were like in, I'm trying to think, like where the hell that was. But like you know, anyway, the the point is, it was you know, it it was kind of like I was like I remember I saw Vampire Hunter D like during that time period and stuff like that. So it's possible, but I just. I, I don't have any distinct memories of like what theater it would have been in and that kind of thing. So I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I like, I guess my, my, my final sketchy non-committal answer is I either saw this in the theater in 2000 or I probably saw it like a year later when it came out on like VHS or DVD. I don't, I don't know if it was that old that it was just still, you know, VHS rentals at Blockbuster, but, but it was, it was something along those lines. What about yeah. you, Mike? I definitely know I didn't see it in theaters. And yeah, I think I just rented it from like, you know, whatever my local place was. And 
I mean, I I probably haven't seen it since then because I I knew I saw it, but I couldn't really recall specifics about it aside from you know I was like, oh, that's the one with the three birds and Lugia comes out, and that's pretty much all I remembered about it. And there was some island and some chick who played some like seashell instrument or something. That's like the the barest things I remembered about it. I'm like, that's the whole movie, Mike. You just summarized <laughs> it. Come on. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I actually did see this in the theater. Um, I remember going with my brother, and you know, I think I said last time when I watched uh, the first film, my mom was like, you're watching this? Like, this is a kid's film. But this time she didn't say anything. She was just like, okay. <laughs> she kind of accepted it. She's like, okay, let's go. I was reading up on the film, and one of the sources said that theaters were giving out cards of the three legendary birds and the ancient Mew card. And of course, my theater gave out nothing. So once again, I got screwed out of getting an ancient <laughs> me card. <laughs> Until recently, when Mike gave me one. My aunt must have gathered up all the ancient Mew cards again. <laughs> like she was like, I can't let Justin get one. Was she Lawrence the Third? Yes, she. she well, she does have a giant floating fortress. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all I could think about with that flying fortress was like, is that is that Pokemon's version of the castle in the sky? Is that is that some Miyazaki influence on on this film to have a? I was just gonna say like, oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I was kind of dumb with my thought. Just that that I was like, I was like, whenever I see a giant flying, I mean, I think in Japan it's trans his 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 giant flying thingamabob is actually literally translated as flying palace so i was just like well i i can't think of anything else other than castle in the sky when i see that so do they i was gonna say do they ever actually say his name in the movie because like i actually had no. to look up his name yeah yeah like they never state his name in the movie it's just provided through like background information on the movie like you know, a, like a synopsis or something you know what was weird they said in japan there's not even a line of dialogue about how his collection started with the mew card and you're like sitting there going mm. well how is that possible because it plays such a big role in that last scene where you know we all joke he's learned nothing but like apparently there was some kind of promotional material given out like maybe in japan they gave out an ancient Mew card that said, oh, and by the way, like, you know, Benedict Cumberbunch, you know, Larry or whatever, <laughs> you know, that was his his first bit of Pokemon memorabilia. But it's like, I, I don't know, I found that kind of odd that, that that's not even verbalized in the, the Japanese language version according yeah. to, to, you know, stuff I read on the internet, which is, you know, of course, 100% verified and vetted and, and, and has no errors in it so well i, I kind of had a little rant about this because like of, of the pokemon films i've seen like i think this film has the weakest villain because like like we was talking about he doesn't even get a name like his name comes from like ancillary material and his goal was just to catch the legendary birds and lugia because he's a collector like he's not even evil he's just like i'm going to capture these birds to like unleash this bird to catch this other bird and you know like we're talking about he doesn't learn his lesson like he he's standing in the wreckage of his giant floating castle palace thing he finds his ancient mew card and he's like oh this is how it all started guess i'll start over and i was just like 
wait, <laughs> did he not learn a lesson? Like, did he did he learn a lesson? Like, you'd think if you had like a giant floating fortress and you went through all this craziness and it all blew up, you'd be like, well, I guess that's that. But I mean, he's just like, I'll, I'll start over. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Can, can, can we have a philosophical discussion about Pokemon 2000? Because isn't it kind of like a double standard? Like, why can he not collect? I mean, the reason why he can't collect ancient fucking Pokemon beasts is because when he does, the entire world goes into upheaval and they're trying to perpetuate this whole, you know, global warming thing where, like, the whole planet is going to, you know, be unhinged because the weather changes because of the way he manipulates all these ancient Pokemon. But, like, if you look at, like, Pokemon, like, the whole point of being a trainer is to go outside into the grass and get yourself some fucking Pokemon and a Pokeball. The only difference between this guy and and Ash is that he doesn't use Pokeballs. He uses these giant Planet of the Apes cages to, like, in, in, <laughs> enslave these huge-ass Godzilla kaiju-style Pokemon that are larger than life. And then, of course, the consequence of doing that is you basically wreck the entire planet's ecosystem because you you've now you know essentially shifted the axis of the universe or the world or whatever and and you know but it's like one of those things where it's like but isn't the whole point of pokemon to go out and fucking catch them all like like yeah i, I, I kind of yeah i kind of thought it was similar to like mewtwo strikes back or like the dub version where you know even i think even misty says like pokemon aren't meant to be like captured like this like and i'm like well how are they meant to be captured like <laughs> turned into energy and trapped in little balls like i don't know man like i don't know dude like it sounds pretty legit to me like if you have the money as long as as you replace your pokemon with that bag of dust that indy sticks on the the one pillar and weighs it then it's cool but if you if you if you leave a few grains of sand out and screw up the world then it's like oh you're you're so disgusting you totally you violated all the moral precepts of catching Pokemon. And I'm kind of like, wait, like, there were moral what? precepts about catching these monsters and sticking them in the balls? He, like, he should have been like, no, 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 kids, 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 listen, listen. From, on Ice Island, instead of Articuno, I'm putting a giant refrigerator. And then, like, in, on, on Lightning Island, I'm going to put a giant generator. And on the Volcano Island, I'm going to put a giant, like, you know, heater or something. So it's all good. Like, I replaced all, like, the things. Like, it's all good. I just want the friggin' birds. Wait, does that mean the weather on our planet is so screwy? It's because, like, Mike's aunt caught the ancient birds? Like, is that what happened? I got to go ask my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, you guys. I got to go. I got to go to the Flying Fortress. Like, is, your, is your aunt's name Benedict Cumberbunch? Is that what's going on? Like, what is going no, on? No, I got to go to I got to go to Auntie Diane's Flying Portra- Fortress. Check yep. it out. Sweet. I, Mike has a Flying Fortress. I didn't know that. That's awesome. So, Derek, when I was watching this, I was thinking, like, Misty has a case of what I'm going to call the Akanes. Ah. Because... She obviously likes Ash, and she won't admit it. And she also doesn't want him to get attention from any other girls. So I was like, you know, I guess that's because we've been watching Ranma a lot lately, lately and discussing that. I was like, Misty has a case of the Akanes. <laughs> that that makes complete and total sense, especially when when Melody's the one, like, basically sort of coming on to Ash in some ways. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I mean, they're, they're kids. Like, she kisses him on the cheek, and... And kind of heralds him as the 
you know, he, he's like the Rodimus Prime of this this movie because he's the <laughs> chosen one. I'm like, Ash has the touch, you know. So I was like, you know, Ash has the power, yeah. But um, I I, I just kind of was thinking like, all right, like they they you know, it's it's like one of those permutations where I guess it's that that's supposed to be Japanese comedy that that Misty feels so uncomfortable with her feelings and her unacknowledgement of those feelings. And like, what's funny is they kind of have a through line because it's like in the beginning, it's like, it's like, you know, she's like, okay, well I'm not his girlfriend. Like I'm a girl and I'm his friend, but I'm not his girlfriend. And you know, stop saying that. And she's all uncomfortable at everything. But then like by the end of it, she's just kind of like, Hey, look, you know, you know, Ash is going to be super cool because I'm always going to be by his side and everything. And then it's like Melody and Misty have that whole like, you know, fuck you, Misty, fuck you, Melody, you know, <laughs> handshake or whatever at the end of it, you know. Misty, and, you son of a bitch. Yeah, Misty, you son <laughs> of a bitch, you know. It's just like, okay, so now they're all cool and, and, and good with each other. And it's like, it's like she's happy because Misty's sort of in her own way acknowledged to her what her role is in Ash's life and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I, I think you you get some comedic enjoyment out of seeing Misty squirm. Yeah. You know, I, I guess because we only see Brock in a cameo and we're sorely missing that uncomfortability squirming stuff that usually happens with Brock where you get a bunch of kick out of it. You know, because he's, he's chasing after like Nurse Joy or whoever it is, you know, and so you know, we're left with, uh, you know, like I said, the Brent of, you know, Pokemon here, you know, <laughs> Tracy, you know, fucking sketch it. And I'm just kind of like, all right, like, all right, Tracy, whatever, dude, like you, 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 you're, you're a Pokemon watcher and you, you draw shit and <laughs> don't actually, <laughs> don't actually battle. And, you know, you're, you're, I don't know. It's like, it's like, no, it's no like, what I, yeah. I just, I just laughed about like, you know, like, ashes in the like icy water and misty swims out to save him and then she's like okay throw me the rope tracy and tracy's like it's rope time it's tracy's time to help <laughs> i'm like yeah okay koi okay vance like take general Lee out for a spin and make sure you bring it back washed and clean so yeah, yeah as, as someone who was like keeping keeping up with the animated series i remember when brock left and tracy came in i was like who's this tracy guy like what 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 is this like bring back brock like brock's cool it's totally like yo mr h you know that's basically what this is you know yeah well at least tracy can see (laughs) (laughs) you know what you know what's weird like again uh, i totally vetted this and it's 100 percent sourced because it came directly from the internet but I was looking at one of the wiki pages and they were saying, this is not confirmed in the least, but apparently the director was interviewed and they asked why, like, why was Brock replaced with Tracy? And then they said some cockamamie thing about Brock has Captain Marvel squinty eyes and, like, they thought that that would be perceived as racist or something or, or, or you know, know that, that, that somehow <laughs> people would be upset with his portrayal and they decided to create a character that had you know the big round eyes like all the other characters and i was just kind of like that sounds not right at all but i was like that's the first time i've ever read that at all so i was kind of like that's weird that is strange 
I always did kind of wonder that, but then like I, I quickly stopped wondering it when they like immediately brought Brock back like in the next season. And I was like, okay, well, I guess Tracy's like living with Professor Oak now or whatever after that. Tracy Sketchit, the Dr. Pulaski of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Tracy, and Professor Oak's like, Tracy, you go watch the Pokemon while I, while I go pork Ash's mom. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mr. Mime's doing that job. I don't know what you're talking about. What's uh, uh, Mr. Mime is just for chores. Oh, it's a chore, all right. I'm going to remind listeners they can send angry emails to fennelspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> so changing the subject very quickly, like, Mike, I, I know you're a huge fan of, like, Weird Al, but, like, what did you think of his Pokemon song? Because I, I totally forgot about that because I'm a yeah, big fan I, of Weird I Al, I did, too. too. Yeah, I was like, okay. uh, when, I, when I heard it in the credits, I was like, oh, right, that's right. Yeah. Weird Al did a Pokemon song. I forgot about that. And then, like, I looked it up on YouTube, and I was like, oh, I remember this. Like, that's kind of cool. Is that song based on any pre-existing song, the Pokemon song? No, it's just Weird Al doing his polka thing. He loves okay. polka. Okay. And it's polka Mon. Get it? I'm nudging you with my elbow, Derek. Yeah. Um, um, my side hurts. So what did you guys think of Team Rocket in this film? Because they kind of had a, a nice little heroic turn, even though it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stick and it's not permanent. Like, what did you think of them kind of acting as kind of heroes? Because they actually go to, like, they go to the extreme of like actually sacrificing themselves so Ash and Lugia can escape near the end. I thought that was like the highlight of this film, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I feel like it's like right around the hour mark where they have their little face turn. And like, I think that really, if, if, if the story was expository and maybe slightly slow, like I think by the time they show up and save Ash in the little, you know, the, race boat or whatever it's like that's that's the money moment of <laughs> no no it made me laugh uh like uh they're they're like commenting on like ash's like love life at one point and i forgot exactly what the line was but i, I think it's like like james says something like like girl problems like i steer clear of those and i'm like i bet you do james i bet you do <laughs> What did what did Meowth say that they're Meowth said like you two don't need the opposite sex because you've got each other. Uh, I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, but th- I mean, it was kind of cute. I mean, yeah. I feel like I, although I feel like Ash doesn't give a crap about them. Like even when they're trying to help, he's like Ash just runs over them when they like fall down and like he's like yeah. let me get on Lugia and like let's take off and then like the Team Rocket's like hey what about us. <laughs> Yeah, but they they hop on and then and then when they fall when they they sacrifice themselves, he does have the moment where he's like Team Rocket, you know, like like so. I mean, he he's in the midst of things, but he he kind of cares. I mean, I don't I, I I don't think that's. I mean, I see what you're saying in that in that kind of happenstance of things. If if he had left them in the snow before they hopped on Lugia, like then he probably Ash would have been like, oh, that's no sweat, but like. I mean, when they actually like plummet to their deaths, you know, per se, like he he has the requisite, you know, prerequisite amount of concern for their sacrifice. I think, which yeah, you know, and and then it's like the other thing too is like I'm 
it's like one of those things like if you were like super uber nerd right you'd be like well plummeting from a height that high and hitting ice water like is the same thing as hitting concrete right and then beyond that even if it's not like hitting concrete they fell into ice water bro like they're fucking they have frostbite or hypothermia or whatever like if you're if you're being all nerdy and specific about it but to me i'm like thinking well don't they blast off like every fucking episode like don't they literally die like quote unquote like by scientific means like every time you see them get blasted away so i'm like they can get blasted away like that i'm like shouldn't surviving a fall from that height be like no big whoop for team rocket i mean don't they survive falls from that height all the time but this is a movie derek like this is serious yeah it's a movie and it's serious until they like actually like (laughs) dive into the ice water and pop up like it's no big whoop so (laughs) i liked uh i know it was like it's another unintentional laugh but it's like when ash is trying to find a way to get to the island and he sees like the wreckage of the boat like immediately I thought like, oh, what is he gonna fix the boat or something? But it's like then the next scene is him like bobsledding like on the ice with this Pokemon and it's like he's like it would be like a visual gag where he's like he sees a boat and he's like, Oh boy and he like runs right past the boat and he like picks up a sheet metal like some sheet metal and be like, I can use my slaves to drag me across the ice or something <laughs> like I, I thought one of the moments where I like I literally guffawed was that moment where you know, Team Rocket first shows up, they do their little intro spiel, and they're like, you must catch us on the big screen! And then Ash is like, ah, just catch it on video, and they're like, do the anime flop, and they're like, whoa! You know, and I thought that was kind of genius, because ultimately, like, a lot of these Pokemon films eventually did become kind of direct-to-video fodder, so they're, they're, it's it's weird. It's kind of like meta, but, like, super funny regardless, you know, that that Team Rocket got pwned because they're like, we're on the big screen. And it's like, yeah, but I'll just watch you on video. So judging by your avatar, Justin, you like Slow King, huh? Yeah. Even though he doesn't make sense because they don't explain why he talks. Like, I thought that was, you know, kind of interesting, especially his his Solomon Grundy wants pants too moment. I like that because he's, you know, he's just kind of standing there in the snow and he's like, I could use some pants. <laughs> it made me think of that old, like, Super Friends uh, commercial on Cartoon Network. I kind of feel like it's Mr. Popo and Slow King should have, like, a support group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like another, like I said, like Lawrence the Third. It's kind of like Ash was like, "Hey, Slow King," and like Slow King should have been like, "I never told you my name." Like, <laughs> but I, I don't. And also, it's kind of like like they're all shocked he can talk, too, and I'm kind of like, "Well, Meowth can talk," so I mean, it's not impossible. But well, and then, yeah. then you've got what Lugia is doing is telepathy with with Ash the whole time too. So there's and and and. The last movie, you know, Mewtwo is doing essentially the same thing. So, I mean, there, there there seems to be a lot more exceptions to the rule than you you would think. Yeah. One part I did like uh, when Lugia did his, like, I think they call it the arrow beam or whatever out of his mouth. And it, like, kind of cut into the fortress and stuff. Because I, I remember playing, like, Pokemon Silver. And that was, like, a great move, like, to use. It was, like, Lugia's most powerful move, the arrow beam. Something like, I forgot. It did a lot of damage. And it was, like, a massive chance of a critical hit. So it could do, like, double damage. So 
Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, his his fortress got collapsed and crashed, and then he lost pretty much his entire collection except for the the Mew card, and he's gonna start over. But I mean, I, I know this is gonna sound funny, but I and I know we're making fun of him because you know he learned nothing, right? He's he's still gonna risk it all to build his collection. But if if you I don't know if if you suffered a natural disaster. You know, like a flood or a, a hurricane or something like that, and it wiped out like all your comics and toys and DVDs and and whatever posters and paraphernalia, like whatever it is you're into, your stamps, your you know, figure arts, like wh whatever it is, right? Your pops, you, you know. To some people, I'd be like, "Yay, the pop vinyls have flooded away in a natural disaster! Hooray!" But like, you know, some people would be upset about it. And it's like, okay, so so you're like, all right, that sucks, right? But then it's like, would that, like, would something, would an event that catastrophic stop you from being a collector? Or would you just, like, dust off the one, the one, you know, Funko Pop that made it out of it and be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get more of these down the road, you know, once everything's cool again. <laughs> yeah. One thing I was, I was looking up and one thing I thought was funny was that, in the Japanese version, it's like the message of the movie is like completely inverted. It's like in the Japanese version, it's all about like working together is like the most important thing. Like, you know, more people like working together is how we accomplish things. But like in the dub, it's kind of like one person can make all the difference. Yeah, yeah the I, I guess it's one. Yeah, it's like I guess it's like a cultural thing where like, you know, ja Japan is very like community oriented and, you know, uh, very the you know people should band together and stuff. While you know America kind of emphasizes individuality, but like I just thought that was interesting. That it was like that's the complete opposite like, message. <laughs> is, is that why the exchange between Lugia and Ash about all the congregated Pokemon makes like no sense to me? Where probably it, it, yeah it's it's like one of those things where like they they fly over them and he's like gee what you know why did all these pokemon show up and boogie's like they do not know why they showed up but they showed up to help what are they gonna do they don't know but they're <laughs> fuck here if, anyway fuck if i know <laughs> you know like and i was just kind of like they don't know like what then why the they like i'm with ash why the fuck are they here like what are they gonna do like i don't know yeah, it, it, I, like that that sequence kind of always made me scratch my head. There's a uh, a little ancient poem in the movie that basically says, you know, the world returned to ash. Like, did you guys think that was clever or did you just like roll your eyes at that? I'm fine with it, but I, I noticed on like some of those those wikis, they said like that it, it, for any foreign language that took the the English script slash dub as their point of translation like that was for most foreign language you know other other languages that pokemon 2000 was translated into like that was largely untranslatable like there mm. they, there was no way for them to translate like guess what the ashes in the prophecy and ashes his name you know like like most most other places that had that movie like that basically yeah. nuances lost on them. I yeah, I figured like the Japanese version couldn't must have had a completely different like prophecy cuz it'd be like it mentions Satoshi like by name like for some reason. I don't know why like 
like, you will stub your Satoshi. <laughs> so why does Slow King have his own island? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I remember when I originally watched this, I was waiting for them to explain how he can talk and what he's just doing there on the island. Like, he's... He's guarding the little slots that the orbs go in, but they never, I don't know, they, they never really get into that. He's just like, hey, bro, you're ass. You're here to help. Go do it. You, you think Slow King, like, fishes, and then he, like, takes blue milk from a female Snorlax's boobs? Like, <laughs> you think that's what he's doing? <laughs> that, that must be it. <laughs> Maybe he was hoping Ash would fail. He was just like, it's, it's time for this earth to end. Like... So the the I mean whatever the prophecy is right that like they essentially he had to collect the 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 three orbs that represent all the elements of these kaiju legendary Pokemon and then the girl had to play her little seashell and that basically stops the upheaval of the world essentially because it's like lime water pop juice like flows across the sea and everything's fine like that's that's basically what happens i think you read that scene correctly yes okay okay just making sure lime water pop juice yeah lime lime pop butter butter pop juice or whatever it is like mountain dew like mountains (laughs) of mountain dew like pour out across the ocean (laughs) this whole thing was a mountain dew commercial commercial. it stops (laughs) it stops global warming mountain dew stops global warming that's what that's what i learned from this from benedict cumberbunch that that's that's what saves the day they're either mountain dew or weight watchers so yeah something 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 that's glowing it's it's like glowing lime green you know like is there any other glowing lime green beverage besides mountain dew ecto cooler ecto cooler ecto cooler like goes out into the ocean and saves the day yeah. Do you ever do you ever find it weird like in these or any anime dub when they like not when they reference really specific like things like didn't in Mewtwo Strikes Back they reference like Titanic like the movie I don't remember I don't remember I heard there was something really specific but like in this one like they they said like they mentioned like Weight Watchers and then ah. I forgot yeah they there was some other reference where I was like that's like really specific like what does it have to be like pallet town weight watchers like is it like yeah, space, I guess so. baseball like they like like they they can't have weight watchers like well it's like it's like you know like in dragon ball it's like i'm willing to accept that baseball exists on dragon ball earth but then when you're like you know oh the red Sox are playing like a game like you know in ginger town or whatever i'm like there's the ginger town red Sox. like okay like yeah that's fair enough fair enough what if what if Jesse and James were like literally spokespeople for Weight Watchers? <laughs> what if they did like actual Weight Watchers commercials where they like like there's a picture of like Jesse where she was like five hundred pounds or something, and then they <laughs> cut to her like the way she looks now with the little Jesse, belly yeah, button midriff like, coming out, yeah, midriff and everything. And it's like like it's like these Mewtwo shakes can work for you too. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, damn girl, it worked good, didn't it? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now she just has to find the cure for her frozen hair. Or I don't know, just not use so much hair gel. That thing like never moves. 
It's like, is that the real reason why the world's weather was in upheaval? Like all that Aquanet hairspray? <laughs> it's burning holes in the ozone. <laughs> <laughs> also, this friggin' Pokemon shooting lasers everywhere. So, <laughs> I was gonna say, like I said in my intro, like, man, Zapdos is a fucking dick. He, he's like, he shows up on Moltres's island. He's like, well, Moltres ain't here, so I'm taking over this island. Like, bitch, like, get off my island. Like, and then, like, when they're both, like, captured by Lawrence, like, Moltres, like, breaks Zapdos out of the cage, and then Zapdos immediately, like, shocks him, and <laughs> it's like, hey, dude, he was helping you. <laughs> like, dick? Yeah. Z- Zapdos is, like, the Vegeta of this movie. I guess, yeah. yeah. I guess I guess Zapdos is, like, yeah, the Wolverine or the <laughs> Raphael of the legendary what, birds or whatever. But, yeah. but it's weird, because it'd be like if Raphael and Wolverine could only talk through their sighs and claws, because there's that confusion <laughs> of, like, is he hurting them, or is he just having a conversation with Pikachu? Like, because he, he definitely talks to Pikachu by electrocuting him, which I'm not going to explain the science of that, but, because I can't, but, but, you know, <laughs> They, they clearly like Meowth translates their conversation and they have a conversation by shooting each other with lightning bolts. So, I mean, it's it's possible that Zapdos was trying to communicate. Possible. So I like how that doesn't always translate to like any other types of Pokemon. Like it's like two rock type Pokemon throw rocks at each other to communicate <laughs> or something. What if it's like Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan? The only thing they can understand is fighting one another, and they communicate beautifully. <laughs> yeah, like Bruce Lee. And they communicate Chan through their fists. Fightings. Yes, exactly. Just so like you're, Ryu you're and up, Ken. You're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. So, Mike, were you happy to see your favorite Pokemon in this a little bit? Oh yeah, the Scyther. The well, like Tracy Scyther is a loser. It's like an old, <laughs> an old evil Scyther. Oh man, you're harsh. <laughs> And it's got it's got like fur on its like face well, or something. Like, yeah, I noticed that. Like it's a bug. What the hell? Like you know, to be fair, it's like Tracy doesn't train that scyther. Like he just watches it. So it's not the scyther's fault. He has a shitty master. <laughs> that's not that's not his fault. I was I was pleased to see uh, Psyduck have a little brief cameo, even though he didn't do a whole hell of a lot in this, but. I think Psyduck is my favorite Pokemon, so... Psy-yay-yay. I was happy to see Meryl at, there at the beginning in the opening sequence. I, I always liked Meryl on that evolution line. Like, I used to have a cat named Meryl, and I named her after that Pokemon. I remember that was, like, a big deal, like, in the show. Like, when they introduced Tracy, and, like, he had a Meryl, and they were like, oh, that's, like, a Pokemon outside the normal, like, 151 or whatever. That was, like, just before Gold and Silver came out. So they were like, yeah. there's going to be more, like, Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah, I remember my brother was like, wait, there are, like, 151. There can't be any more. Like, that's all there is. And I don't even know how many there are now, like, 600. Like, I don't, I don't even know. I, I just remember there was all this like speculation where it's they were like it's a water Pikachu because yeah, like, Harold kind of looks like yeah he's got the yeah. zigzag tail with the puff at the end and you're like it's some kind of water type Pikachu. It's an Aquachu. Aquachu. <laughs> water Pikachu? What would he do? Just electrocute himself like forever <laughs> in a constant state of like electrocution? 
Mm. He's like, like he's he almost he almost falls off the boat and like Scyther saves him and he like looks at him and he's like, my man. <laughs> it's like every time Tracy sends Merrill out, he's like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like I'm, I like this movie's all right, I guess, but I I don't like I remember not being super excited about it the first time I watched it. And I still am not like super enthused about it. Like I think Mew two strikes back was a lot like better. What do you think, Derek? I, I, I think I sort of agree. Like Mew two strikes back is the better film of these two films. I think I, I, I just think I'd point to what I said before. Like, I think, I think the film picks up within the hour mark and it is a longer film. So, so there is, there's a degree of tedium to, to you know, you're like, oh, like, think about it. Like, if you saw this in the theater, you had to watch the little short and 150 mm-hmm. minutes of this. So it's like you've been in the theater for, like, two hours and 20 minutes of Pokemon. Like, like I mean, I could, I could understand, like, somebody getting, you know, finding this a bit tedious, you know, like, but... I for for me like I I think I still enjoy this film but I I think the parts of it I enjoy especially like towards the end is you know when when Team Rocket gets involved and and kind of has their face turned because then I I think that's when the film starts picking up in terms of of pace you know because I think I think before it's like kind of you know it's like one of these like island films you know like where they they go to you know Skull Island and hang out with Kong and hang out with the hula girls and you're like, all right, all right, when's King Kong going to beat the shit out of Godzilla and vice versa? You know, like, 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 let's get on with it type thing. And it's like, you are sort of waiting for these legendary, you know, ancient poke things to like beat the crap out of each other or, you know, have the face off where it's like the three of them fighting Lugia and stuff like that. So I, I think once, once you hit that hour mark, then all that stuff starts coming into play where you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like Ash has all the little, you know, orbs and, and, and all this stuff starts actually going down. Like, you know, and then I, I, I do kind of agree with, with you guys about Lawrence being like this sort of toothless villain in a way, like where it's like, you know, and, and, and there's sort of a, sense of anti-catharsis about it it's like nobody gets to like slap him across the face or you know i mean i mean you know i guess i guess it's supposed to be the indignity enough that like his collection was destroyed but like i feel like that's kind of on accident like like it's not a purposeful smackdown it's like it's like it just it's just sort of by chance that he gets put in his place i guess if that makes any sense so like you're you're kind of sitting there going like not not only did he not learn anything but like nobody really, you know, you think you'd have one of these scenes where, you know, instead of Misty saying that what he does is disgusting, like, she could, like, slap him across the face or something cool, but, you know, I don't know. As for myself, like, I think I was telling you guys before we started recording, like, it's been at least 10 years since I've seen this film, and of the first, like, maybe half dozen films, like, I've probably seen this one the least, and I, like, I think it's all right. Like, I, I don't dislike it or anything. It's just I, I was always more drawn to, like, you know, maybe rewatching the first film or, you know, some of the later films, which I thought were 
you know, more exciting or had maybe a, a better villain. But uh, I do like this film. It's just it's just not one I, you know, I don't get the hankering. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm going to sit down and watch Pokemon the movie 2000. Like, I don't think I've ever had that thought. I mean, I, I think literally this film was not memorable to me because I literally mm. didn't remember right, it. Right, right. You know? Like, so, so I, I will say that because I, I think it's been just as long for me, you know, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, 2000, like you're saying 13 for me, it's probably like literally, I mean, if it was on VHS, it's six, 16, 17 years. And if it's, if it's not, then it's probably longer than that. So I was like sitting there going like, oh, I didn't, I mean, once, once I started watching it, I had instant recognition, but, but just based on the name alone, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, you know, I just really literally didn't remember the film at all and it's like i you know the the one thing i'll say too is what's nice is these blu-rays that i'm watching them on i mean they look nice like it looks yeah. nice on on you know your tv screen and everything and the animation is well done and stuff like that so i mean you know you know don't don't get me wrong there are good things about it but but i would concur with your guys's assessment that the villain is slightly weaker than than a lot of the other villains in the series you know he's you know basically benedict cumberbunch you know is no giovanni it's no mewtwo you know like that kind of stuff so that that's kind of how i i come down as far as the villain goes and and then as far as the pace of the film goes like i i think it is kind of slowly paced in the first hour so you you kind of you know i mean you, you either have to really be invested in the current status quo of the Orange Islands and just get a kick out of seeing those characters and their Pokemon on the big screen and then engaging with this series of essentially, I don't know what you'd call them, like Islander people. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it, it, that's the other part of it. Like, not only is the villain weak, but I mean, I, I would go so far as to say, like, I, I think the telling thing is, like, you never see Carol and Melody ever again after this, except for like, in like, I don't know, like recaps about previous movies or something. And you never see Lawrence the third ever again, right? So they, they, they obviously didn't make enough of an impact to show up again, whereas, you know, people like Mewtwo, like showed up in like video games and other other specials and things like that later, right? So that obviously, you know, there were toys, you know, and stuff like that. But there's like, there's no, there's no Larry toy, you know what I mean? There's no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah. it, it's like, it's like, it's not like, it's not like by you know Johto Island season seven or whatever. It's like Melody had a big comeback and brought back her seashell and everybody was happy to see her. It's like no, you, you, this happened. It's kind of unmemorable. Like, they got through it, Ash was the chosen one, he saved the world, but by the end of the day, it's like, this is, this is kind of a disposable Pokemon movie, it doesn't, it doesn't change the franchise or break any new ground, it was kind of enjoyable and entertaining, the animation's well done, the Blu-ray looks really nice, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of a average, semi-entertaining film. Justin, did you notice the ripoff of the Simpsons bit at the very end where Jesse and James are like, that's bad. Like, that's good. Like, yeah, that's bad. Like, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. The, you know, yeah, uh, you may have this doll, Mr. Simpson, but be be wary. It comes with a terrible curse. That's bad. But you get a free Frogurt. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> the Frogurt is also cursed. That's bad. <laughs> but you get yeah. your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. <laughs> 
That's and the bad. guy's like, that's bad. <laughs> Speaking of the Simpsons, uh, Melody's boat is a lot better than Night Boat. Like, it can actually drive on land. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't need a canal or a fjord. <laughs> but yeah, I, I pretty much agree with what Derek said. Like, this is not a very memorable one. Like, I... I basically remembered the bare bones of what this movie was about and like i had only seen it once before so yeah and like i was saying both of us even forgot the weird al song in this yeah well unless there's anything else i think that'll wrap up our discussion of pokemon the movie 2000 and derek if you would be so kind uh please inform our listeners where else they can find us on the interwebs if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns about the moral treatment of capturing Pokemon, feel <laughs> free to email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We have a strong backlog of episodes at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you've enjoyed Big in Japan, of course, you can check out the backlog of our episodes for Big in Japan there. But we have plenty of other spinoff shows. We've got Mobile Suit Mondays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, Sentai Saturdays. We've got Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them? And the Fanholes Podcast proper and... Justice, not entirely like Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. So if you're interested in any of the other spinoff shows in addition to Big in Japan, please check those out. We're on Stitcher Radio, where we can be streamed. We're on iTunes. We'd appreciate any feedback you have for us there. And, of course, we're on all kinds of social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And we appreciate all the likes, retweets, shares, feedback, hearts, all that good stuff that we get there. So, thanks. Yeah, that's right. And this will be Justin signing off. Slow King one pants too. And this is Derek, Derek WC, Super Dupalus, signing off. This is Mike Thunderwing signing off.
Ash, stay far away from Pallet Town so I can continue walking your mother. <laughs> telling you, man. It's fucking Mr. Mime. <laughs> I don't know. Professor Oak's got all the moves. He comes up on his bicycle. Like, he's like, hi, Ash. <laughs> like, hi, Ash's mom. What's going on? Want to go for a ride on my bicycle? He's like, hey, Ash's mom, that way watchers. He, he, is, he, is, on a, he is on a first name basis with Ash's mom. He's like, hey there, Delia. You're looking pretty good doing the gardening out there. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a green thumb. I wonder what else is green. Maybe Professor Oak is Ash's dad. <laughs> uh, I've actually read like you know inner interweb stuff that theorizes that. Yeah, I know. Like like in the like live show or whatever, they say it's like Giovanni is actually Ash's dad, but that's like only in that like live show on Ice or whatever it is. Does Ash know that? Professor Oak is his dad. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly not. His mom just told him he was born out of an egg. I think Mr. Mime is Ash's dad. <laughs> Mr. Mime is Ash's dad. Pervert! You're a pervert! <laughs> it's his stepdad. Mr. Mime is his stepdad. Pervert! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I ain't fucking the little clown thing. That's Delia's deal. <laughs> Don't call me a pervert. It's like Mr. Mime taps her, and he's like, he's got, he's got like the finger in, in a hole, and he's like, put his. <laughs> it's like, what is it, Mr. Mime? Oh, again, <sighs> mime. <laughs> you know, mimes don't talk. But how would we know what his name is if he didn't run around going, Mime! We just think he's a crazy clown dude. It's like, how did I get these scars? Mime. <laughs> <laughs> too bad, too bad Heath Ledger's dead. It's like uh, the all new Pokemon <laughs> reboot starring Heath Ledger is Mr. Mime. <laughs> 